Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. I'm Frank. Hi, I'm Jeff. Oh, it's so nice. And we're in the studio together. It's awesome. And with us, we have uh, two people who've been working on ZCX forever. Um, Gary Puchkoff, who's been on before, who talked about it uh, originally. And now we have Alice Mosher, who Hi. is the product manager. So, um, so let's start with, uh, it's been a while since you guys, well, since you were here talking about this, Gary. It has been, yeah. Um, Why so, is that, Frank? Well, you know, we want to give you time to get, you know, all your cool stuff out. So Okay. All right. So, World tours. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. What's, what's been going on? What's, what's the latest stuff with it? Well, you know, we've... Um, Delivered a lot on ZCX. I'll talk about that in a second. But the exciting thing we've done in the recent times is we've uh, delivered OpenShift platform, container platform on ZCX. So this is the Red Hat platform for, you know, application deployment. And it's uh, a full implementation, um, you know, of the same technology that you can, you know, run on Linux on Z and even x86. Can you dive into that a little bit more? What what that means is you can run it on on the pla- on both platforms. Yeah. So the OpenShift container platform is exactly that. It's a platform, right? And um, you bring your applications, containerized applications, to it. You deploy them into a cluster of servers, and OpenShift manages the number of them, the size, you know, how many, right? Uh, where they're located, what resources, you know, you have. And um, the OpenShift container platform uh, is the basis for quite a few products that have been put out. Certainly, you've heard of cloud packs, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the IBM packaged offerings. Um, we have some work going on in uh, other areas to to deploy on OpenShift. Um, it makes a, a application level availability, high availability solution, and um, people really architects, application architects really love that. In in this model, is it easy to deploy stuff on Z and stuff off Z at the same time? Or? Well, what we've done so far is we've delivered a self-contained OpenShift container platform. So it has to all be on ZCX or ZOS, okay? Um, in theory, and, you know, we've tried it and it works, you can have... Linux on Z under either ZVM or KVM, talking to ZCX, right, and intermix pieces. Um, And we're hopeful that we'll get to the point where we can, you know, uh, make that available to our clients. Um, We also have clients who would like multi-architecture support, the ability to have an application that's been compiled both for x86, for example, and for Z, and um, deploy that and let, you know, the OpenShift container platform kind of place place the functions. Uh, Red Hat doesn't support that yet, and uh, therefore we don't either. It's it's doable. We just, we're not to the point where, where it's Again, supported. in theory, it should work, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if you, you have to have multi-architecture bundles, and then, you know, there has to be kind of knowledge in the uh, um, deployment facility of, you know, where to deploy and how to deploy certain, you know, which architecture into which which servers. When, when we last talked, uh, you came on and you were talking about 
uh, ZCX is a really cool idea and, and stuff that you saw um, was going to be really valuable. What are people doing with it now? Well, well Allison, my <laughs> colleague here, uh, we'll let her answer that. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's the a very important question, I guess. Um, so we're seeing um, quite a mix of of use cases or interest in ZCX for a multitude of uh, reasons and use cases that clients have that they want to run um, inside of ZCX. So. Um, a, a very popular use case that we see is um, Service Management Unite. A lot of clients seem to like that use case. It's an IBM use case, um, and it's a really cool um, uh, use case because you can uh, manage your system uh, through a web-based browser instead of green screen. <laughs> so um, that is nice. Um, so that's a really popular use case. And then we have other IBM use cases like GKLM, IBM Z Workload Scheduler, um, MQ, Client Concentrator, Aspera can even run inside of ZCX. So those are just IBM use cases. Um, we also see like a lot of clients um, running microservices type use cases. So we did a CPO study. So the Competitive Project Office um, at IBM, they took a microservices um, application and they ran it inside of ZCX Docker and they compared it to um, x86 Docker. And they saw crazy results in terms of um, total cost of ownership and the amount of transactions that uh, were going on. So that's also a really popular use case we see amongst um, a lot of our clients. Yeah, maybe I should define crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, in, a, in their use mm -hmm. cases, they saw, you know, double the throughput, right? And, um, you know, double the transactions. Um, and reduce latency, significantly reduce latency. And, um, you know, we were able to do all that with less hardware, um, you know, than you would need for other solutions. So that's where the total cost of ownership comes in, right, is that it's not just that it's faster and cooler. It's the fact mm -hmm. that I don't need as much to make everything work. Right. You don't need as many people. You don't need as many instances of servers, right, and all the software that comes with that. And obviously, you know, remediating security things and all that else that comes with that. Do, do people um, or, or do you spend time talking to people about the fact that this is a much more secure model um, or is that just uh, – do, do they not ask about that I guess is the um, – People haven't asked us that question too much. The question they've um, asked is, you know, are we – is if I run this on ZOS, am I – vulnerable? Does that make me more likely to be attacked, right? Mm. And, um, you know, hard question to answer. Obviously, we've, you know, got our ducks in a row. We think that, you know, this, the, um, the server implementation is bulletproof, right? It's in really good uh, uh, design, if I may say so myself. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, you know, security is important. And we do provide um, all of the security of ZOS, and all of the security of Linux, right? So you get kind of the best of both, right? And then, you know, that's how we kind of look at it. Well, and the fact that, um, you know, when I'm talking between ZCX and and ZOS, it's I don't have to worry about a man-in-the-middle attack or any of that because none of that exists. That's right. That's right. Yep. What does the overall architecture kind of look like for a, like a business application? Is it Typical ZOS applications supported by 
components running under ZCX or is the push towards everything under ZCX? No, no, it, it is exactly your, your fir first case. Um, you know, you have a banking application, right? You've surrounded it over the years with x86 servers or P servers or what have you. And um, you want to uh, improve the latency, make the applications run faster, lower the cost. You bring those applications inboard into ZOS under ZCX, you get better latency, you know, reduced moving parts and, mm. uh, you know, overall – um, you can take advantage of the ZOS qualities of service, all the DASD, the disk, right? If you're accessing local vSAM the way we, we let you do it, you get all the benefits of vSAM, right? Encryption, you know, replication, um, you know, and your data center staff knows how to deal with all this stuff, right? You know? I, disaster recovery, another Another one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Disaster recovery, yep. So yeah, so that's that's uh, you know the story there. From a you know sort of personnel point of view, wouldn't it be better if you already have ZOS skills because you're running a, a big banking application to take advantage of those and extend them into your you know application framework, right? And so that's what we see with ZCX is people bringing applications you know into ZOS where they used to be sort of outboard. So they can probably save money because these now become appliances, right, within the ZOS environment. Yeah, it's exactly right. ZCX Docker are deliverable. Um, that's with ZOS. It's it's a virtual appliance, right? And there's not a whole lot of a client has to do once you set it up, right? Um, I, I wouldn't say there's none, but there's certainly not a lot, you know, because we don't give you a lot of moving knobs and parts to deal with. So how long before a, a ZOS is 90% uh, ZCX and 10% and traditional apps? I don't know if I'll ever see that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, certainly growing the ZCX footprint is something where we're looking forward to and, you know, we're working on. Um, we've delivered quite a lot of support in the service stream for ZCX. This is the virtualization engine primarily um, improving performance even more than we were before, um, you know, improving the operational characteristics, messages when things aren't going well can get out into the, uh, you know, job log or the opera log, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of integration, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, and that brought us up to, you know, OpenShift, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, how well... Or how much have people been asking for the OpenShift support? Has that been a, a key driver? or Because I know in the beginning it seemed like, hey, this is a great way of extending maybe not cloud work but, but stuff that re required ZOS capability for people who didn't know anything about it. Yeah, we got that question so much after we <laughs> GA'd uh, uh, ZCX in, in 2019. Um, so Kubernetes was uh, was a big ask, and then specifically OpenShift um, uh, made sense because of the capabilities that it provides. It's an enterprise-grade uh, Kubernetes implementation. So, um, yes, we, we saw a massive interest. Um, a lot of our clients, they do have use cases that – they do see running specifically inside of ZCX. Um, 
and then they do see use cases running specifically in ZCX OpenShift. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so the OpenShift uh, uh, story, like I said, it's a platform, right? And, you know, unlike how you might think of um, maybe a CICS application or a set of servers where you tend to deploy a set of apps into those servers, you set up a cluster of OpenShift and then you just keep putting applications in. And the OpenShift infrastructure moves, you know, does what it needs to do. So, you, you know, you don't generate like tens of clusters, right? You have this cluster and you kind of grow it. And uh, so it's a little different model. It's kind of like a parallel sysplex, you know, if you will, in a, you know, distributed packaging format. Right? Well, so that brings up a, an interesting question. Is there, is there any arguments uh, between my OpenShift environment and my, and my implementation of, of WM? Um, not so far, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've toyed around with some, some uh, modifications there, but so far we haven't seen a need to do anything. So what's nice about the way we've done Workload Manager is um, OpenShift is licensed by the core uh, rather than, you know, maybe the way we do our traditional ZOS software. That licensing by core means you buy, let's say, three cores of OpenShift. You'll set up a WLM construct called the tenant resource group, and that tenant resource group, you say, I want three cores. You might have... 12 zips, we'll just make sure it doesn't use more than three core, three zips worth of capacity, right? And so that's that's a really nice mechanism for isolating the OpenShift, you know, work into a sort of controlled set of capacity, right? And it fits right into the licensing model. So we like that. So... Well, now a whole bunch of questions just came. <laughs> is that what that was happening? <laughs> because, because the neat thing about ZOS is that I can, I can divide that virtualization pretty pretty thin, right? So, how do you do? How do you, how do you deal with three cores? So remember, cost? workload manager is just managing a pool of of dispatchable, you know, CPUs, right? right. And um, while there might be, let's say, nine cores, you know, zips there, um, as it's dispatching work to ZCX, he's accumulating it into those tenant resource groups, and then he starts to back off when he sees that we're getting to a cap, right? Um, that means at any particular point in time, you could have as many as nine, you know, well, 18 threads running in ZCX at, a, at an instant in time, but over the course of, you know, you know, some, let's say, you know, an hour, right, you're not going to be using more than three threads, three cores worth of capacity, right? So, so it, that's kind of where I was, what I was trying to understand. Is it, is that a moment in time? Is it three cores, always three cores in that moment in time, or is it across? Right. It's, it's over a period of time. So, you know, so um, we let the code, kind of run freely, right, until, you know, we start to see that we're not achieving something and then we kind of bring it down, right? Mm. So, uh, we, you know, it's a great construct for us for doing this so we can intermix the OpenShift work with your, you know, ZOS work, right, your DB2 or your Kicks or whatever. But, but it also sh starts to show a, 
a very different way of attacking the problem than you would do in a traditional distributed environment, right? This is a, a huge advantage. Yep. Uh, traditionally, when you came here the first time, you talked about the value of ZCX is that it allows you to co-locate um, your off-platform stuff with your on-platform stuff. Based on that last statement, is is there additional value in running stuff in ZCX, even if it doesn't have um, a, a ZOS component to it? Yeah. You know, we wouldn't advocate for people to just go out and take WordPress, for instance, <laughs> you know, and set up an internet WordPress site on right. ZOS, right? Um, it would work. You can do it. We've done it ourselves, okay? Um, but that's not our sweet spot. Our sweet spot is going to be, you know, access to either your existing data or your existing transactions, right, and getting access to it very, very locally, close together, right, where you get that reduction in latency and the uh, synergy that comes with kind of being in the same same instance of an operating system. So you're not going to go out and tell people, hey, you, you've got all this stuff on in your x86 farm, bring it on our space, use less people, and the world would be a better place. Guaranteed better time. Well, <laughs> as long as those applications don't talk to ZOS, that's probably not something weird. But if they do talk to ZOS, that's that's our that's bread and sweet, butter. Yeah. That's where we okay. want to be. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of pushing on it because the, the idea of, of going from uh, a, a farm that I have to manage to, hey, a bunch of appliances running in a uh, in an environment where I'm already, you know, paying only a few people to run does sound kind of appealing. Yeah. Well, you know, someday down the road, maybe we'll expand into that kind of space too. But right now that's, you know, you, you know, when you're talking about ZCX servers, you're talking about, you know, a couple handfuls, right? You're not talking about tens of thousands, you know, it's not our, not our ball, you know, we don't do that so well. Cool. So what do you, what is, um, what do you think someone's first steps are if they're if they're if they want to get into OpenShift this time around? <laughs> well, the first steps, you know, would be to get you know get access to the product, and that's done by you know purchasing it through Shop Z series, right? Um, once you do have the product, you know, then uh, you go through a very simple workflow. You know, again, we're using ZOSMF workflows, and you lay down all of the artifacts that you need. Um, one of the things that OpenShift requires is something called bastion components. Those are web server and a load balancer and an FTP server, a bunch of things like that. They can be sourced on ZOS or off ZOS. For prototyping purposes, we give you a, a, you know, a container that contains all the bastion node components running in classic C, in, you know, in Docker, CCX Docker. So you can kind of get started quickly. So you'd set that up, and then you'd start configuring up the cluster. Um, and you know, once once the cluster's configured, um, it looks exactly the same as it does on every other platform. There's a administrative console, and you go in there. And people who do that kind of work, when we did our alpha program, came back and said we couldn't tell the difference. Right? It was the same, which is really great. Yeah, that's what you want, right? The same experience. 
just better underneath the covers. So, yeah, and a few things to know. I know Gary mentioned Shopsy is where you go to purchase the product. Um, so if you caught that, it is an IBM product. Um, so that means our service and support is through IBM. Uh, so the same ZCX team that you work with today, you would be opening cases to for ZCX OpenShift. So in, in that model, um, is there a lot of stuff that uh, I can get for free once I've got ZCX? Can I take any Docker container um, and pretty much and throw it on there? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> you know, so the the key thing is is you have to have an S three ninety X binary, right? right? Whether that S three ninety X binary is in a um, repository, we'll talk about in a second, or you build it yourself. Okay, um, and you know when we say that, especially to Sysprogs and ZOS land, um, building software not really in the context of what we normally do, right. okay? But in the distributed world, the recipes to do all the building and everything are kind of sitting there, right, with the packages. And so it's pretty much a command line story. You type in a few commands and it builds the packages for you. Um, but since we you know you don't want to build packages, <laughs> we have a registry and what's called the, uh, what do we call it? The IBM Z and Linux One Container Registry. And, it uh, just rolls off the yeah. tongue, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I want to put that on a shirt. <laughs> and uh, this this registry has a, a number of popular packages already in it. Uh, it's built from scratch by IBM. Uh, it's scanned through virus scanners and all the things you need to do. We publish the uh, hash values of the packages so you can know that they haven't been tampered with. And, um, you know... That's, that's how you get them. Now, having those doesn't necessarily give you support for them, right? And so support for open source packages is just like it is anywhere else, right? You okay. either, you know, go with the community or you find a third party to support them. And then also um, we might want to add is the Red Hat Marketplace you can go to for OpenShift applications to run inside of CCX for OpenShift. So check that out as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, there, are there a lot of... Um product, uh, different products that are available as well? Well, there, there, there are, you know, for OpenShift, we're still working our way up through the stack, right? So uh, now that we have OpenShift on ZCX, the next steps will be to get, you know, the various IBM products to um, verify that they work identically on ZCX. <laughs> and, then, and then what we'll do is, um, you know, hopefully they give us support and we we put out, you know, uh, support statements about them. Um, but, yeah, that's ahead of us, and we'll, we'll see how, how far we get with that. We're hopeful Stay that tuned. we'll get pretty far. Yeah. So, <laughs> so is, is, that, is that on you guys to do, or is it more, hey, I, I got to go to the, those product owners and say, hey, just. It's a little of both. Yeah. yeah, it's a collaboration, right? Um, you know, we can, we can take first calls and, you know, and help get to the down to the kind of the root problem and then you know if it's a problem in somebody else's software they really have to fix it right, right? So. but it's it's still a docker container right so they're not supporting something for zcx wildly. it's docker based right. uh, but it's oci an open container initiative container right. the um uh, uh on openshift we're using um uh podman right that's what Red Hat uses, and uh, it's basically 
for all intents and purposes, the same thing at the at the AP, you know, that level, right? It's OCI compliant. So you can take packages that you run in classic ZCX and run them in OpenShift or, you know, you can do the other. You won't get all the management capability running it just in a, in a standard ZCX Docker server. But one of the one of the things that has always been kind of an issue is, well, we don't have a Z machine, so we can't support this. You don't really have that problem in this model, right? Uh, it, it, generally not. I mean, in the case that as long as the code is the same, the problems will probably be the same. And as long as they can be recreated on, you know, another platform that somebody does have, then, yeah, yeah. that's right. I just remember last time we had you in here to talk about ZCX. After the mics went off, you're like, all right, now i got to tell you all this great stuff coming out of OpenShift. So I'm kind of curious what's going to happen when the mics go off this time. Okay, I couldn't talk about that this time. But yeah, is, is there anything you could tell us about where you'd like to go with this? Or, um, Yeah, you know, we, uh, we certainly want to build out the ecosystem, right, for both uh, ZCX Docker and for OpenShift. Uh, and we're working working towards that. Right. Um, the other thing that we're looking at is, you know, potentially other distributions. Um, I think you guys have spoken with Kershaw maybe or, you know, about containers in the non – in the USS space, if right. you will. Right. Right. And, um, you know, that's going to be a whole other kind of container projects mm -hmm. that are going on. But we for – the, for the ZCX virtualization engine, we have, you know um, – Performance optimizations in mind that beyond what we've done, um, integration with you know some of the capabilities of ZOS that we haven't done up to this point. Um, we're looking at uh, maybe you know coming out with something where you can bring any old Linux distribution. Okay, but that isn't something we're doing right now. It's something we could do. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, just waiting for Arvin to give you all the money to do what you want to do. <laughs> so uh, we're we're actually uh, near the bottom of the hour here, um, uh, or, or the top of the hour, depending on how you look at it. Uh, so I want to I want to thank you guys for this. This has been this has been awesome. Uh, the second time uh, we've had Gary on, and and we've not talked about the time that he was my manager, um, which is which is good. <laughs> Um, because I was afraid of the stories he tells. So, so uh, thank you very much for coming. Yeah, we'll put that on the, uh, on the Patreon show. <laughs> <laughs> $5 for good stories about Frank. <laughs> hey, you know, if that's what you want, we can have a whole nother session. <laughs> C7 Charlie. come out next week. <laughs> old, old Man Charlie, run us out now. <laughs> You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at terminaltalk.net. That's contact at terminaltalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.